Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer and His Word. It's a blessing to be here with you all. And this morning I'd like to discuss our heart and the condition of our heart. And in that, that's what I'm being led to discuss. And this week, as the Lord's been leading me through this, I was reminded of a story that I grew up with that some of you may be familiar with. And the story begins with there being a worldwide call. And the worldwide call originated from the owner of a candy factory, candy empire, actually. And in this call, he advertised the opportunity for anyone that possessed a golden ticket, anyone that, that had a golden ticket had the opportunity to come in and be a part of the experience of his factory, of his empire, and receive all the blessings therein. Now, the search for these golden tickets, as we said, went about worldwide. That became the desire for people's hearts everywhere. Young, old alike, they all searched with everything they had for these golden tickets. And in the story, people purchased mass amounts of chocolate and candy and whatever came from this individual's, this owner's empire for that that opportunity to possess one of these golden tickets. But the ticket wasn't the end-all, be-all. It was but a start into the journey. And I say that because if if you watch and you, you read the story... The people that possessed these tickets, they were set apart from everyone else. They were, they were allowed in to this factory, to this, this facility, to go on this journey with the owner and with the other people that have possessed these golden tickets. And this journey was intended to be this amazing experience, full of all sorts of wonder and amazement and sights that that the people that possessed these tickets couldn't even wrap their minds around. They had all, all the senses available to them. And even with that, they had difficulty. At just They were just overwhelmed in what was available, what was inside this facility, all these blessings. But the journey wasn't just about experiencing the blessings. The journey itself was to become, to exhibit, to display, to live out the characteristics, the qualities, the behavior of the owner of that facility, of the factory. And the journey was amazing. And you could argue that it was arduous and even at points it was hazardous. Uh, there's, There's points in the story where All of a sudden, people aren't with them. And you never actually find out the result of what happened to them. Did they find another way out of where they fell into? Did they perish? We don't ever know. But out of that whole trip, there was only really one. One individual 
that was welcomed in to the fullness of what the owner had anticipated and expected to give the people. And that almost didn't happen. He was almost turned away at the very end. And when we look at those root causes, the why, the people didn't make it. They possessed the golden ticket. We are left with having to look at their heart. There were things in their lives that did not line up with what the owner expected, was looking for. There were things in their lives they had not dealt with and did not deal with them along the journey. They didn't deal with it because that is what was in their heart. Even though they, even without making an experience blessings and benefits in the journey, they didn't receive the fullness of that. What was in their hearts dictated their their thoughts, their actions, their behavior, their character, their temperament, temperament, which when we look at life and hold a mirror up to ourselves, we're brought back to what is the title of this message, which is what is your heart's condition? And while we can look at this story and we can learn all kinds of valuable lessons, this story is not the original. It's a copy of the story. It's the Hollywood version. It takes out details from here and adds details there. So if you will this morning, can we look at the original story? Or at least the, the condensed, the Cliff Notes version of it. And I say the Cliff Notes version because I love you all and I have respect for your time. And in the natural, this physical realm, I just cannot read from Exodus through Deuteronomy in the time we've allotted. It's just in a it's an impossibility, uh, unless Christ decides to do differently. But if we will, if you will, please turn me to Hebrews chapter 3, and we'll begin in verse 4. And I recommend holding that place, because that's where we're going to be coming out of today. Um, but if you could just give me an amen when you've got it. All right, amen. And it begins, For every house is built by someone. But the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. Now let me begin by stating that if Jesus has become your Lord and Savior, you have received the golden ticket. You are already, you've been sanctified, you've been set apart, and you are already on the journey, just like in this story. And if you haven't yet received Christ as your Lord and Savior, or your golden ticket, there is opportunity, there will be opportunity, to exchange this piece of paper for something far greater at the end of the service. The opportunity is there to come on the journey, to join us on the journey. And that's exactly what's being discussed here in the first few verses. We, believers, are given encouragement to press on because we are God's house and He is building us up. We have not yet arrived, which is why the scripture says, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. Now, English was never my best subject, but if 
I'm pretty sure that you know, it's a condition, a requirement, a stipulation of obtaining the prize. And even in holding our holding fast our confidence and hope, the question must be asked along the journey. What is your heart's condition? Are you willing to hold out? Or what is your heart's condition? What is your heart's desire? Are you willing to hold out beyond anything you see, anything you hear? Just like in the story, the character, one of the characters, the desire of his heart was to get the student ticket and to experience the fullness of everything that was there. And we see that in the story where a situation arises in which the last remaining golden ticket has been found. All hope is lost for this this individual. He is aware of just the vast number of people out there that possess these things or that, that are trying to grasp them, trying to grasp these tickets, trying to secure the opportunity for themselves. And there's a glimmer of hope where that ticket is, dis- is discovered to be a fake, to be a counterfeit. And he still goes to the store with his last nickel or quarter, with his last bit of money, and he purchases this chocolate bar. That last candy bar is purchased with a glimmer of hope for a miracle. Or with the same boy and his grandfather, as we were discussing at the end, at the very end of this journey, they were almost turned away. When the owner of the facility revealed to them the ways that they had messed up along the way. This should make it makes it make us, excuse me, ask ourselves, what is the desire of our heart? Do we really desire to be God's house? Or is it just something we say because it sounds like the Christian thing to do or to say? Do we come to church because it's what we've been taught, how we've been raised? Childhood or otherwise? There's the pressure to do it? Or do we come here to be in His presence in communion with the Lord and in fellowship with one another building relationships, encouraging each other, building each other up in Christ to be conformed to Him, to His image. To phrase it another way, to become as He, as the Lord is, with the same qualities and characteristics exhibited in our lives at all times. If our heart's desire is truly to reflect Christ in and through us, to be His house, then we must press on in faith and be faithful to the Lord just as it says Moses was or did and was faithful. And even more importantly, Christ did and is faithful, which is why he, the Lord, sent us his Holy Spirit to lead us and teach us just like he sent him for Christ to be more like Christ, to teach us to be more like Christ. So unlike the instructions that were given in the story with these individuals, I'm sure you could picture the scene. They enter this this facility and there's this contract of, of sorts on the wall. And as it goes down, the, the print gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And the, the owner starts reading it. Starts reading the, the contract and it just gets to a point where he provides actually no clarity on what the meaning of 
of this contract says at all. It just repeats the word, etc., etc., etc. Unlike that, we have the Holy Spirit. And the instruction and teaching provided by Him is clear. It's not like that at all. His instruction is the complete opposite of unclarity. It is clear. So if we look back at Hebrews 3, 7, we'll see we are given guidance, instruction, and warning by the Holy Spirit. It says, Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me by testing me, and saw my works for forty years. Therefore I was angry with this generation, and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they did not know my ways. And as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. If we will listen, if we will truly listen to his voice and do what he's directing us to do, our faith will spring into action. And we will become people that do what the word says, not just people that listen only. How can we harden our hearts? How can we make that choice or that determination, determined effort to resist if we have not first heard the instruction, the directions, that denotes that we have heard them, just as the people of Israel heard them. Having, having the Holy Spirit and not listening, or having the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, but not acting, not doing what he tells us to do, is like having a GPS and refusing to follow the directions. How much sense does that make? When we really look at it, what is the purpose of having a GPS device and punching in the address, the destination we desire to go, if we then determine to not follow anything that it says? What's the point of having the device? It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know about you. If we come back to Hebrews 3 and verse 7, the Holy Spirit here is reminding us about the Hebrews, the nation of Israel, which were led by Moses. And if we look at it, they were given the golden ticket. They also were given the golden ticket. The Israelites, just like the characters in the earlier story, they saw the awesome and miraculous works and power of the Lord. They saw them while they were still the, the works of the Lord, the awesomeness of him. They saw it while they were still in Egypt, while they were still slaves in Egypt. And the Lord sent about plagues, and it caused destruction throughout the land. However, they were not affected at all. It did not touch them. They weren't affected. They were protected. The Lord secured their freedom. He blessed them. He blessed them with all sorts of stuff, gold and silver and valuables for this journey into the wilderness. I don't know about you, but I have yet to come across a situation where gold or silver or other valuables do me or anyone else any good in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of a wilderness situation. Whether that's a desert or a forest, it doesn't make sense. But what we're really looking at here is 
their needs. The Lord knew they would have need of these things at the end of their journey. And he had already provided it way in advance of when it was actually needed. And even beyond that, after they were out of Egypt, the people saw the Lord's work every day. If we just look solely at the aspect of manna, they received food from heaven to give them sustenance and energy for the trip. It was all provided for them. And even above that, they had his presence there through the, throughout the, the entire journey, throughout the whole way, leading them and guiding them. However, in spite of all the miracles that they observed, that they saw, the nation of Israel chose to follow the desires of their hearts. Just like in this story, where this group of individuals have been set apart and experienced all these amazing things. And the hope and the goal was to live there in this candy factory empire and be a part of it forever. Just like the owner. Those individuals refused to deal with the negative traits and characteristics in their heart. The jealousy, the envy, rebellion, perceived status, the affluence or amount of money they had, selfishness, vanity. They let those things, ultimately the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things, those cost them the prize. They forfeited the blessings and the benefits of the golden ticket. And the Hebrews had many of the same issues in their heart, issues where they needed to, to deal with, or that needed to be dealt with. If we're looking at the heart, Proverbs 27.19 tells us, As in water, face reflects face. So the heart of man reflects man. And unfortunately, what was in their heart was against or at war with the Lord's desire, which was to be like him. They instead decided to set up other gods and worship them. The jealousy, the envy, the rebellion, the desire for position or status or standing, selfishness and all the other issues of the heart led to a conflict with God and with each other. And it cost them. All the people were affected. All the people in the nation of Israel suffered. Ultimately, they were unable to enter into the Lord's rest, into the promised land, the fullness of the blessings that he had for them. And an entire generation, an entire generation was lost. They perished. They died in the wilderness. Isaiah twenty-nine thirteen tells us, the Lord said, because this people draw near to me with their words and honor me with their lip service, but they remove their hearts far from me, and their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote. These stories, the original one about God's people and the Hollywood adaptive version about a group of people journeying through a, a candy factory empire, are similar. And the saddest truth about this is that both of those stories aren't finished. If we really look at it, we, today, the church, the body of Christ, are in the middle of this story. Many claim to be followers of Christ, claiming to be the body of Christ, will say one thing with their lips, 
but our actions speak far differently from and then many are just going through the motions showing up at church on Sunday not that that's bad that's needed but just that's the only thing we do our lives don't reflect Christ living in us that's going through the motions we need to look and address if Christ truly is our Lord and Savior and if he is then our lives should reflect that nowhere in the in the Bible does it say a Christian a believer a disciple of Christ is to live out his life in the exact manner that they did before receiving him before making him their Lord and Savior only now there's the added obligations of prayer read the Bible and go to church on Sunday and if that has been how we've lived as a Christian we need to ask ourselves what is our heart's condition and more importantly what are you going to do about it if we can let's take the religion or the religious phrasing out of the the equation equation shall we what does it mean to search your heart well in a very simplistic way to explain this I will say it is the entirety of your thoughts your actions and your words and that's the case how do we search our heart well first we need to spend time in the Bible in his word we need to know who the Lord that's our Heavenly Father is and what are the characteristics and the qualities that he exhibits through Christ how can we know what needs to be changed in our lives if we have no idea what the perfected state what the standard is what it looks like second we should approach this in the same manner as a child children love to ask a lot of questions don't they well we have the basic interrogatives who what where how why when anyone that spent time around kids knows they know their favorite questions what are you doing why well why why how come why and this just continues till they get to the heart of the matter till it makes sense to them till learning has occurred they do this about everything and when you really think about it that is a marvelous approach to how we should view our heart and should view the word should examine the word but especially as it goes down to our our thoughts our actions and the words we speak what was it what was my thought what was my action what was the words I spoke what was the motivation behind it or why did I think that way or do that thing or say this statement was it for selfish reasons was it to please someone else or was it to make my Heavenly Father smile and the answer should always result in the latter to bring a smile to my Heavenly Father's face and lastly we need to bring everything that we think say and do into alignment with the word the things in our life that have been shown to us in the word which are not in alignment we need to tell the Lord that we're sorry and ask him to help us he will that's exactly why he sent the Holy Spirit to help us that doesn't eliminate our role in the process 
we have a responsibility. We have to act. But we do have Him, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to lead us, to guide us. Now, in the childhood story, there was one character, as we discussed, which continued to the end. Did he do everything right? Absolutely not. He, at one point, also went after the desires of his heart. And it almost cost him, him and his grandfather. It almost cost them their lives. But when he was confronted with the actions that were against what the owner desired, he sincerely, genuinely apologized and determined to do what was right, determined that in his heart, what he knew in his heart to be right, even in the face of his grandfather's advice, which was not good advice at all. If you recall, the grandfather said, let's take the stuff and let's go. We'll sell it to the highest bidder, essentially, to his rival. We'll sell it to the owner's rival. And even in, so in other words, what the grandfather was getting at was to continue in the wrongdoing, especially out of spite for being rejected or disqualified by the owner, for not receiving the fullness of what was advertised. His grandfather advised him to walk out the door. But the boy still stood up. He looked at the condition of his heart, and he moved forward. And as a result of the boy changing his heart's condition, of apologizing, of repenting, and then moving forward and living that out, living out the qualities and the characteristics exhibited by the owner that the owner was looking for, that what the owner desired, this boy was given the opportunity, the ability to enter in, to the promise the owner desired to bless him with all along. And in the same way, our Heavenly Father desires to welcome you into the place he's prepared for you. He knows we've made mistakes along the journey. But his desire is for us to acknowledge those mistakes, genuinely say we're sorry for those things. That's repentance. The things that we've done that have hurt him, that have saddened him. And then realign our hearts with him and continue after the standard he's given us, exhibiting his qualities and characteristics to be more like Christ. But unlike the boy in the story, let's not wait until the last minute to look at the condition of our hearts and bring it into alignment with God. So we're given a warning and encouragement back in Hebrews. So as we begin to close, let's look back at Hebrews 3, beginning in verse 12. And it says, Take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another, day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold fast the beginning of our insurance firm until the end. While it is still said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoke me. So as the music ministry makes their way up here for one last song of praise and worship, i just like to encourage each of us to check our heart's condition, to see if it's in alignment with our Heavenly Father. And if it isn't, you're invited today, immediately following this last worship song, to realign with Him, to rededicate your life to Him. Or, 
if you haven't received the golden ticket, you, if Christ has not become your Lord and Savior, then today you have an opportunity to change that, to have a personal relationship with the Lord God. Immediately after, there will be prayer teams in the front of the sanctuary that will minister. I also want to point out, though, that there are three times in this set of scriptures we are encouraged to listen and press on in faith today, now. Not putting it off till tomorrow. Today and every day. The Lord is ready and willing to forgive. He's faithful to do that. He wants to be the desire of your heart, the Lord and Savior of your life. So will you listen to his voice? And will you do, will you act on what he is telling you to do? Amen.